Are we looking through the eyes of man or the eyes of God? Thank you for connecting with us once again. We do appreciate the time we were given to share some thoughts and hopefully provoke some ideas or challenges that you can take away and think on. We recently talked about the verse in Psalms on the fool saying there is no God. Often, this is taken that this is really only referencing atheists. But it turns out, as Moses was told after disobeying God by striking the walk for water, after being told to speak to it, that belief involves obedience. God told he and Aaron after that rock event, because you didn't believe me. Today, let's go a bit deeper into this concept and consider our perspective of the fool hath said. In 1 Peter chapter 4, read in verse 3 and following, for the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation and they malign you. What was that? To put in today's term, a Christian is looked down upon for not having principles or morals that align with the world, but having principles and morals as taught by Christ. Abstain from premarital sex or sex outside the marriage bonds, fornication, or adultery. Abstain from alcohol, tobacco, or other drugs that would have an impact on our thinking and mental capacities. Abstain from dancing, immodesty, bad language. Don't cheat on your employees or employers. From the eyes of man, godly wisdom is foolish. What about from the other perspective? What about from the eyes of God? Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, For the word of the cross is foolishness to them who are perishing, verse 18. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish? the wisdom of the world. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save them who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block and to Gentiles, foolishness, but that those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let's read that again. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God stronger than man. God's perspective is what? Man's wisdom at his highest point is foolishness. We read in Acts chapter 14, In the generations gone by, he permitted all nations to go their own ways. Humans look at the wisdom of God, his word, as foolish. And this is talked about in a number of places. Back in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for consider your calling, brethren, 
that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. So that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so that just as it is written, let him who boast, boast in the Lord. The simplicity of the gospel is not enough for some. So as Paul continued where we left out on in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. We spend an immense amount of time and money looking for the beginning of it all or perhaps trying to find the end of it all. But Paul addressed this in his time in Romans chapter 1, talking to the educated among them of that time. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish, there's that word, their foolish heart was darkened. What? They knew, they knew, but they ignored. Man has his view of what God should be or how God should act regarding his relationship with man. We can face some hard times on this earth, and at times of the hardest, we can turn to the why it happened, and we frequently can blame God for some of the tragedies that we encounter. We have an example of one that lost it all in immediate succession, one catastrophic event right after another, Job. In Job chapter 1, right off the bat, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And through all of this, we read in verse 22, through all this, Jacob did not sin, nor did he blame God. We read in chapter 2, his wife said, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not Except adversity. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Troubles came from the fall of man. And what happened then is as common as it is today. The devil works in a very simple form. You just need to believe a lie. Again, the definition of foolish is not believing what has been proven, not believing what is truth. I face drivers every morning that believe they can leave 10 minutes late 
and still get to work 10 minutes early. That's foolish thinking. Have you ever seen someone carrying a cane? Not using it, carrying it. I have. I saw a couple get to the front of the line as they were, quote, handicapped, walking with a cane. And on the other side of that entrance, that cane was over their shoulder, and off they go. The amount of effort store owners have to go to to keep thieves from stealing from them to the point some have closed their doors because they cannot win the battle. It's happened. I recently read a story of a local mom-and-pop company that said they were losing money and a good bit of it from those that work there, employees. You do know that couples are encouraged to live together for a while before they get married, don't you? This has to, to work as common practice tells us, yet the truth is their divorce rate is higher. Did you know that in a sexual act between two individuals that the brain releases chemicals that give one a sense of belonging, a sense of connection? And what does this do when these chemicals are released with someone to whom you don't even know their last name? Belonging and connecting? It's all about lies, friends. That's as far as Satan has to go. Eve, you will not surely die in the temptation of Christ. Christ was called Satan the father of lies. In the eyes of God, man in his wisdom. What did Christ say? They are blind leaders of the blind. When it comes to dealing with those that have the wrong perspective, reality is, truth is, this can be challenging. And again, in 1 Peter chapter 2, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether the king as the one in authority or the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of them that do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. What put the silence, the ignorance of foolish men? Doing that which is right. Money has such a strong hold on us to the point that many have sacrificed family and relationships to gain another dollar. First Timothy chapter 6, But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs or sorrows. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness." And then a little farther in 1 Timothy 6, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. 
Instruct them to do good and to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. We do live in a world where we want it both ways. I want the best of what the world has to offer, but I'm going to keep my cross around my neck as always. There was a church that lived in this same manner. John in the Revelation wrote to him that the church at Laodicea, Revelation 3, 16. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and the eye salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and what? Repent. Turn from and turn back. What has God shared with us? How to be good husbands. Love your wife as yourself. That the bed should be undefiled and marriage honorable in all. That when two come together, it is for life. Two lives become one. Remembering the chemicals that God has given us when that union comes together. Our children should be brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and that discipline is a powerful tool if used correctly. That we should love God with our all, all our hearts, all our soul, all our might, all our strength. Obey His commandments. Love our neighbor. Take care of those that need taken care of. And let those that are in leadership understand they have, we have a huge responsibility. We might forget this, but James says, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment. Those that are teaching lies as truth will indeed have their time before God, their maker and their judge. Our time is gone. We thank you very much for joining us. Look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.